Welcome to the second episode of the Poetry Studio Podcast, a podcast for poetry lovers and students where I, your host Aaron Bauer, read and discuss a poem, learn about the techniques the author used to write it, and finally offer some writing prompts to motivate you in your own writing journey. Today, we will be reading and discussing A Lady by Amy Lowell, which was first published in April 1914 in Poetry Magazine. Amy Lawrence Lowell was born in 1874 in Massachusetts. She is widely considered to be an imagist poet. Writers of the imagist school tend to have the defining characteristics of focus on specific images and having an emphasis on description through clear language. Although Lowell never attended college, she was an obsessive reader and a book collector. Coming from a wealthy family, she traveled widely and discovered her love of poetry. Poetry was first published in 1910 with her first poetry collection, A Dome of Many Colored Glass, coming two years later. After her death in 1926, she was awarded the Pulitzer Prize in Poetry for her collection, What's O'Clock? Lowell's poetry has served as a model for many female poets in America and around the world. To help demystify some of the ideas people have about poetry being complicated or hard to understand, I discuss one poetic device in each podcast. The device we are discussing today is the poetic speaker. For some reason, readers of poetry more closely align the author of the poem to the person speaking in the poem than a reader of fiction. When we read, scouts say, until I have feared I would lose it, I never love to read. One does not love breathing, in To Kill a Mockingbird. We don't assume that is the author, Harper Lee, who is speaking. However, when we read a poem, often we assume that the author and the I who is telling us the poem are the same person. This isn't always true. If you remember last episode, I used the term speaker when I was discussing Blake's The Tiger. That is because I'm assuming that William Blake didn't go out into the jungle and start poking around for tigers in the middle of the night. The actual situation the poem is set in is made up. It is just as much a product of the poet's imagination as Narnia is a product of C.S. Lewis's creativity. So, we use the term speaker instead of writer or referring to the author by name when discussing poetry because we can't assume the person who says I in the poem is the poet, him, or herself. Poetry can be so personal, and a speaker in the hand of a strong poet can seem so natural that it's hard to see a distinction. That's one of the many things I love about poetry. It allows the poet to step out of his or her head and see the world through someone else's eyes. Now, let's read the poem. A Lady You are beautiful and faded, like an old opera tune played upon a harpsichord, or like the sun-flooded silks of an 18th century boudoir. In your eyes, smoldered the fallen roses of outlived minutes, and the perfume of your soul is vague and suffusing with the pungence of sealed spice jars. Your half-tones delight me, and I grow mad with gazing at your bent colors. 
My vigor is a new minted penny, which I cast at your feet. Gather it up from the dust, that its sparkle may amuse you. Oh, I love the images in this poem. When I read it, I see the elegant older woman. This woman has seen so much that even the way she holds her body reminds the poem speaker of an opera. She is composed and thoughtful. But with all the beauty and composure comes a distance between the lady who's the subject of the poem and the poem speaker. Lowell writes, And the perfume of your soul is vague and suffusing, with the pungence of sealed spice jars. This woman's soul is suffusing, which means filled. Suffuse is from a Latin word which means poured into. What I see when I read that line is a rich warm color radiating from the woman the way color seeps from a tea bag when I first steep it in a cup of hot water. But even though this woman's soul is spilling out into the room, an almost painful separation exists. This soul is vague to the younger speaker who wants to know more about the lady. It is isolated, like sealed spice jars. At the end of the poem, the speaker attempts to bridge that divide. My vigor is a new minted penny, which I cast at your feet. What an image here! The speaker symbolizes her vigor, her youthful strength and health, as a new minted penny. This penny, while it isn't worth much, is bright and fresh. Coins that are in mint condition have never been used to buy or sell anything. They are preserved in their original state. If any of you listeners are coin collectors or know a coin collector, Take the time to put a mint coin next to one that has been circulated for years. Depending on how worn the circulated coin is, they can look like different things. Here, the speaker is throwing whatever value she sees in herself at the feet of the lady, hoping she will be picked up. She ends the poem with these two lines. Gather it up from the dust that its sparkle may amuse you. We aren't told if the lady picks up the penny or if the penny does provide any amusement, but I think that it is where the power of this poem rests, in a hope for the future. We start with the lady who holds the experience of her past, then the speaker looks at herself and her lack of experience. At last, we hope for a future that might come if these generational gaps are crossed. On the Poetry Studio podcast, it isn't enough to enjoy and discuss a poem. We need to be inspired by it to create our own work. Here are some writing exercises inspired by a lady that you can use to work on. First, write a poem about your mother or grandmother. Find an old picture and find a way to describe their personality by describing that image. 
Second, do a little people watching. Go to a park, a library, or a coffee shop and find someone to describe. If you knew this person, how might you interact with him or her? Of course, be safe and respectful when doing this. No one likes to be ogled by a stranger. I bet if you ask someone, can I write a poem about you, they'd agree more often than not. Finally, if you are a bit shy, feel free to find a non-human subject to watch and describe in as vivid language as you can. Find a flower in bloom, watch your cat sun itself by the window. The options are literally endless. If you or your child complete one of these writing prompts and would like for your writing to be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me the text or recording of you reading the poem and I will share it here. You can email the poem or recording of it to Poetry Studio Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. While I can't guarantee that everyone who sends something in will be featured, I love sharing poetry and will share it as much as I can. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to email uh, me at the same email address, poetrystudiopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Poetry Studio Podcast. If you liked it, feel free to give a five-star review on iTunes and to share it with your friends. If you can, please become a member of the Poetry Studio Podcast by donating at my Patreon. Details can be found online on my website. New episodes come out each week on Wednesday with special bonus episodes and materials available to members. Written transcripts of episodes are available to members. Um, Those members are people donating to the Patreon. Um, That's all the time we have for today. The music and audio effects included in the podcast are either performed by me or in the public domain. A Lady was written by Amy Lowell and published in 1914 and is in the public domain. Happy writing and see you next week.